0: Hello everyone, we're live episode 40 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. It's the second podcast for today when you've got amazing guests like Will Davey and Jane they are you have to work around their schedules. Now, please tell me, Jane, I pronounced your last name the right way.
1: Pretty close. Yeah, it's Vayao.
0: Cool. Well, Jane is the proud owner of FitStop Redcliffe, FitStop North Lakes. We are working together, but this isn't going to be a pitch for us, but our done for you service. I genuinely want to go on the Jane experience from... Her starting fitness to opening up two clubs and i really want to dive into a topic i know nothing about which is like how do you juggle two fitness businesses while being a busy mother cue the intro
1: welcome to the fitness business growth podcast a podcast
0: run by gym owners for gym owners my name is mitch and along with jamie we are your hosts and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing to lead generation to sales to retention to staff and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following
1: episode and we will speak with you soon.
0: So Jane, welcome back. Thank you. This is really exciting for me, Jane. So I was up last night till about 2 a.m. I had an idea in my head and I had to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, new iPhones and new MacBook Airs, they have a new feature. This will be interesting. You can actually use your iPhone as a webcam now. Oh, cool. So I was on YouTube looking at all the tutorials. And as you can see, look at my beautiful clear picture.
1: So does this does this mean like two, three podcasts every day or...? But maybe more,
0: 21 a week. But anyway, I thought it was really cool because <laughs> I, was, I was about to go out and buy a camera, but the iPhone camera is stunning. So, yeah. Amazing, yeah. Okay,
1: like,
0: yeah, I've got Jane on today. Uh, me and Jane have been working together for about six weeks now. But what I want to cover really is the journey Jane has gone on from before starting in fitness to opening up one fit stop location to opening up a second and what that has looked like. So, Jane, if I met you at a party. And we were to meet for the first time and I said, what do you do? How do you introduce yourself?
1: Well, interesting you say that. I actually went to a school ladies lunch just the other day and had that question many times and um, practiced, I guess. The first time I said, oh, I don't really do anything. I was like, (laughs) I was so lost in my words. I was like, yeah, we own two gyms. Um, My husband's more the trainer. I do the business stuff. And as the conversation progressed, I was like, actually, I do a lot. No, I take that Mm. back. I take back that opening statement. So the next time I was like, yeah, I run two gyms. Um, So I guess that kind of summarises my role in a nutshell. Um, Run two gyms. Yeah, run two gyms. I largely um, kind of work behind the scenes as much as possible. Um, also managing four kids. So it's a hoot. It's very busy. I like
0: my favorite fitness prospect, Jane, that are really vague on their goals and what they do. Like, what do you want to achieve? I want to get healthy and fit. You run to gyms. So, Jane, on this podcast, we are going to get into the nitty gritty. So, what happened before you joined the Fitstop franchise? And how did you go from your start in fitness to where you are today?
1: Yeah, cool. So, I actually finished high school and went and did a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in okay. accounting. That helps so, um yeah i became an accountant it was really um i guess i was just good at it it was easy but it just wasn't my jam and i kind of moved around a few jobs went from like tax accounting to corporate accounting and whilst it was better it was still just not my my crew that i would work with like mm. you know just like typical accountants it was quite bland and then i had this like i'm not gonna say midlife crisis because was probably about 20 I just went, oh, stuff it! I love the gym. I'm going to go do my certs, and then I worked in a gym, um, kind of doing like the semi-management of the place. Um, and then but I
0: began- there. I'm going to share with you my midlife crisis at 20s. Also, yeah. so yeah. my first job out of high school, I worked for Centrelink. Yeah. I worked in the family assistance office, helping people get childcare benefit, childcare rebate, family tax benefit Part A, Part B, reconciliation. I well, can definitely said, help people get money from settling.
1: That's a parent that... Oh, yeah, yeah. And be-
0: uh, I was earning $65,000 a year at 20 and life was good. But on the inside, my soul was dying.
1: Destroyed, yeah. And that was me in accounting. So anyway, I went and worked at this gym. Um, I became a trainer myself. I loved it. I um, ended up partnering up with one of my colleagues who is now my husband um, and we had a really great time being PTs, um, got to a point where I wanted to get a house and a mortgage and I guess being young, the path of less. What, what, gym,
0: what gym were you working in, Jane? Was it 24 seven? Was it big box? Was it, no, it
1: was a little, um, boot, boutique kind of boot camp space in Brisbane. Um, and I mean, plenty of floors looking back, but also great. Like it, it built the best foundations. It was really like hardcore old-school sales process, drilling it. Like, you know, we were guerrilla marketing everywhere for free, just doing it because we were and, told we to.
0: And what year was this, Jane?
1: Uh, this would have been, I think, around 2010? 2010.
0: 2010. Mm-hmm. So this is before the days of Facebook ads when you used to put flyers on windscreens of cars. Yeah, and you I, was, mean, oh, I
1: mean, do you want to chat? Do you want to come to our boot camp? Like, it was really... And I look back and think, oh, there is no way I could get my staff to do that now. No way. One of the oh. things
0: I um, I often, so I went from Centrelink to Fitness First, working from mm-hmm. Centrelink to Fitness First. And my introduction to the fitness industry was, hey, this is a hardcore sales environment. Yeah. And I think it readjusted my expectation of, hey, like if you want to be in the fitness industry, sales marketing is a huge thing. And I was that annoying asshole in the blue shirt in Sydney walking around, seven day free trial, seven day free trial.
1: Yeah. And the
0: mantra was, Yeah, you call them until they die.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, obviously, there's something
0: about Sydney Jane. They actually rebranded from blue to red because it was like a running joke that the fitness fitness first guys won't leave you alone.
1: (laughs) Well, I was on the other side of the fence, and I was when I was at uni. I was a fitness first addict as a client, so must have done something right, I guess.
0: So you're, you're doing outreach, you're actually doing outreach, a foreign word to our staff today. What, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't even know what it what is. What did that
0: look like? What were those KPIs and like, like how did it go? It,
1: it was pretty loose, if I'm honest, like no set KPIs, just a, a very stern meeting every week being like, how many clients did you bring in? Um, we paid rent, we paid rent to be there. We did outreach for nothing. Um, we ran classes, like all the things for free, all for free. And I just, I reflect back on that. I think it's instilled a really good work ethic on us. Um, but I just like compare it to now and I'm like, wow, this industry has shifted big time. There is no way I could get my stuff to do those things and nor would I, like, it's, it's actually you know quite <laughs>
0: funny. No one's a bigger advocate of Facebook ads than me, Jane, and the idea yes. that you can drop a pin around Redcliffe or North Lakes and get people to... Yeah auto schedule a phone call with you is just like going back to 2010 it's almost unimaginable
1: yeah yeah it's like handing out you know 20,000 flyers in 30 seconds it's the best
0: yeah I think it's really important just like in terms of expectations with staff right like we there our sales guys and our our staff at our gyms I constantly remind them of the good old days of outreach the good old days before Facebook and just like we were literally like walking into Chatswood Square, like without the shopping centers knowledge, trying to hand out seven-day free trial cards and get out of there quickly. Yeah, And just like, whether it's cold outreach, messaging people on Instagram or Facebook, warm outreach, messaging your list, doing paid ads, getting referrals, like life is a lot easier today than it was back then. And I think as human <laughs> beings, we adjust so quickly to the new norm and we forget just like how hard it would have been. I can't even imagine opening a gym like, you would have had to have been on the main street.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, that was back in the day. So that wasn't our gym. We just worked for it. But my husband and I both came from that. So from there, I kind of went back into the corporate world because we needed to get a mortgage. That was easy. Um, and Mark stayed in, in personal training. So he um, went to another gym, Function well and at Newstead, which is an incredible um, business and really great team. So he really developed his skill set um, and to some extent his business acumen there um and then he just kind of got to a point where he's like okay I'm training 30 clients a week what's next um Mm. looked into all the different franchises because I was working I thought yep franchise would be great I can plug you in I don't have to worry about it um one of those
0: things right like when you are a successful PT you mm. then start questioning well what is success for you yeah and when you first became a PT it probably wasn't early mornings mid mornings and afternoons and sometimes you can be that successful a PT that it actually like has a real impact on your social life. And I feel like most PTs get to that point where like they they learn the ropes, they become successful, and they ultimately want more. And what I mean by more is just getting their time back.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like at that stage we had one child and, you know, we're looking at, yeah, settling down with the house and having more kids and things like that. So it was definitely about that swapping time for money situation. Mm. 100%. Um, and then
0: with the experience you got from being PT, marketing more, more business experience, when you started looking into opening your own gym, did you start with the end in mind? You mentioned before, like, not being in the business. Like, what were you actually looking for?
1: Um, I think for me personally, I was looking for something that Mark could kind of, like, hang his hat on. And um, Mark's like probably opposite personality to me. He's the, you know, brightest guy in the room and um, just just a way for him to kind of like share that with more people and for him to get that satisfaction and also free up his time. Um, so he's in the gym at
0: 4.30, no coffees, doing cartwheels, making everyone laugh.
1: Yeah, every day, every a, day. Like
0: Put a bullet in my head,
1: Jake. <laughs> me too. I'm like, oh, no, I'd rather sit behind a computer. He, like, I kid you not, when we opened FitStop Redcliffe in 2018, he worked every single session. We had no staff. He did every session for two whole years. No sick Man, days. Far out. Yeah, it's one of those things. Workhorse. Yeah,
0: it's one of those things too. I think when you have like Mark, the owner, in there. I think mm-hmm. you actually forget a lot of the things that Mark would have been doing really, really well that he just forgot he was doing. Like, a good, a good, a good example is, oh, my friend's interested in coming down to the gym, and your staff might say, okay, great, that's cool, but Mark, oh, what's their name? What's their phone number? And just generate referrals, and they generate referrals, and just, I think there is a, there's something powerful about having your owner in the gym, and the owner giving those high fives.
1: Yeah, totally, and I mean. Fit stop back then, um, so Redcliffe is the eighth fit stop, so number eight. Fit stop. Um, Yeah, so it's very grassroots. We're actually the first, like, retail space. So whilst it's still pretty, like, grungy and older, um, which comes with Oh, so the
0: previous fit stops were in dirty sheds behind the mechanics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we were the first, like, fancy retail space, even though it's so not fancy now. They would Um, have been
0: so, so jealous of your... Do you have air conditioning?
1: We do now, yeah. We actually took it out. So It's been like a point of contention in our lease. We, um, when we signed up, we're like, we are not a gym about aircon. Get it out. Mm. So when we're actually on the beach. So we get like a nice, yeah. nice sea breeze there. But we but do yeah, have back, air. In
0: the, back in the day, Jay, my parents used to come home and yell at me about the aircon being on. I'm like, they're lying about these electricity fees. And then <laughs> we had a location in Kari, Kari and we had the aircon on. It was like 35 years old. And yeah. that's the aircon my mum was talking about. It was yeah. like 20 bucks an hour to run.
1: Yeah, so it was, it was our, We actually mate. replaced our aircon at Redcliffe because it was like that. We started using it and it was like our electricity bill went up about, oh, I want to say like a grand. Um, oh, it was ridiculous and we were like, it's the aircon. We've got to get the aircon out. I actually felt like my dad going, turn the aircon off, save the electricity. Just
0: <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So then you open Redcliffe. You're the eighth yeah. franchisee. What was that process like from like, I work with lots of franchises, right. And I speak to people that want to own franchises
1: mm-hmm. and like,
0: yep, I'm going to b- buy into a franchise. I'm like, I don't think it's that simple. <laughs> like, I don't think it happens like that. So like, yeah. I love these podcasts Jane cause I learn more from you than you're going to learn from me. So like, how did you, did you download an info pack? Did you, did you meet with Peter Hull, the CEO? Like what was that, experience like for you
1: yeah yeah look we often rehash this um conversation with Pete himself it's quite funny and I mean I'll pre-frame by saying it was definitely not what it is today um and some might see that as a detriment but I actually see it as a huge benefit it's exactly what we needed at the time um and it's taught us so many lessons as people and business owners so we kind of I remember we went our friend was training at FitStop Morningside little plug for Sammy um (laughs) She was training there, and she was telling us how great it was. So we thought, "Oh, we'll go, we'll go do it." And um, we did a session there. And from there, I think I don't know if Peter Hull was there at the time, or we'd made a a meeting. Um, The head office was actually above the Fit Stop Morningside, so like an old warehouse shed. It was this like plyboard desk in there. We sat around there, drew crazy shit all over the walls. I love,
0: I just love hearing grassroots stories, right? Because you only only see what Fit Stop is today, not what it came from.
1: Yeah. So that that's all it was. There was only about three opened at the time. Um, so we watched a couple open. We got our site. Like to get our site, it wasn't like, like, I think now there's a leasing guy who does all the negotiations. It was literally like us driving around with Pete going, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, we could make yeah. it work. Yeah. And like, then chats back and forth with Pete and us. And I look back and I'm like, we're all just PTs. Like, we actually had no idea. And, and us often, going, what do you think, Pete? And him going, yeah. oh, ask him this. See if they'll, like, negotiate this. And we probably got the worst deal ever, but you know what? It worked at the time. I need to
0: talk to Peter Hull about this because lots of franchises open up in Newcastle mm-hmm. and they find spaces that I can't find on Real Commercial or realestate.com because we're always looking for different locations, potentially getting a bigger building, smaller building. And, like, what is that process like? Do you have, like, a, a broker in each area? Like, I'd love to learn what that I think looks it's like, too, you know, I
1: think, yeah. it's definitely, you know, you get like connected with developers who are doing spaces, that's usually the best if it's a clean fit. Mm. I, g- I, guess, I guess,
0: I guess, from the landlord's point of view, if a fit stop is taking over a new premise as opposed to an independent fitness studio, the yeah. likelihood they're getting their rent is pretty high,
1: yeah. They've just got that extra, um, I guess, backing and, and the name, you know, like if they if you come through going, I want to put breakthrough active, they're like, Who's that? Um, oh, we're, all,
0: we're, all right. All right. we're all right. right. I mean,
1: of course, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thing. I think I think now, but definitely when we opened, absolutely not. It was like we had to prove ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah. It's
0: been an interesting experience for Mitch and I. We're, we've moved, like, we've opened seven gyms. We've moved locations several times. And every time we leave, the landlord thanks us for paying the rent on time. I'm like, isn't that what you're supposed to do?
1: <laughs> That's our personality. I can't, like not pay a bill on time like we've had times where we're struggling and you know i'll, I'll talk to someone and they're like oh is your rent overdue i'm like no no, no. yeah
0: Never. so it's interesting so you found the redcliffe site i guess yes. you were the first person to go into uncharted territory because the Fitstop brand location fit out success was proven in a shed what was the theory behind doing a more retail store and did you expect to have double the opening like what was the thought and theory around that
1: Look, you will die when I answer this question. Um, I guess it wasn't really planned. It was just like that was the site, yet we can make it work. And back then, and again, I see it as a benefit, big detriment, but we had no opening process. We had um, no pre-sale. So on our open day, I mean, my husband knows everybody. <laughs> um, on our open day, we had over 100 people. We, like broke the system so we used to set up like you know the station workout it was like you know the eighth time fit stop had done it for open day balloons you know DJ yep lots of fun um ours came we had over 100 people there it was like absolute chaos we had to add in stations but I mean they were all just our friends they were from Cleveland and Logan and everywhere all over the place Um, and so I think we finished the day with eight members signed
0: Eight. <laughs> eight members signed
1: well, yeah, I joke that, so the old branding of fitstop had a big like yeah. number oh eight like if we yeah. were the eight and we always used to say yeah that's how many members we open with
0: it's also um, a really inspiring story to hear that to see that franchise uh, fitstop sorry is now franchising internationally mm. in their first 10 stores and proving concept they were winging it And I think that if people gave themselves permission to fail, permission to try new things, permission to see, hey, let's try a pre-sale this way, let's try a pre-sale that way, if you give yourself permission to fail, you are going to figure it out as long as you're directionally correct and it was we're in Redcliffe, great location, Mark knows everyone, I believe in FitStop, we can make it work.
1: Yeah, and I think that really um, encapsulates Peter Hull himself. Like he genuinely is so full of passion his brand and willing to just try things willing to develop and give it a go and just back himself and um I guess that's yeah that's something we've always looked up to with Pete um he'll back anything like at the moment as he said expanding internationally he's now gone into the states which is like you know a pretty scary market for a lot of people but he just takes it head on and um yeah just has a go and if that's a message that anyone can take away just have a go I don't think
0: many Australians realize just how different the US market is and yeah. the absolute beast that Planet Fitness is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's four bucks or night, <laughs> but they'll come to your house and clean it. Like it is just the unbelievable yeah. next level service.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah look, I don't envy him, but I do admire. I do it. So
0: Raycliffed Open. You open with eight members. Mm-hmm. Now if Peter Hull watches this, in 2017, we opened a location with 256 members. So, oh, nah. I know, I know. And we always, we pre-sold memberships. Yeah. So what that would look like is we'd literally have a table inside the gym. And it was like, hey, come down, sign up. It was the classic uh, stage one, stage two, stage three. And then we'd sign them up to like a 28-day. Sorry, we went straight to membership them for like a new member. It was sign up today, save X amount. Uh, if you change your mind before the open day, you can cancel. If you're unhappy in the first seven days, you can also cancel. Day eight membership rolls over. And that was always really successful for us. And I think if I can share something with the audience, pre-sales can make or break a gym. They really can.
1: Absolutely. And Fitstock so, uh, really developed in that area as well. They're really strong with their mm-hmm. open now. And that's um, I think that is largely... Um, contributing to the success of the brand. Um, people mm. are cash flow positive, much, much the same as what you said in terms of process, um, yeah. you know, leaning into the brand that has been built. And,
0: and it, it, like when you come to a new town, like every person who's out of shape, every person that has tried to get fit before, and wants to get fit again you're the new kid on the block like they want to come try this new place they want to have the opportunity to get in shape to join a community again take full advantage of that and also charge them a joining fee like charge them one month up front charge them a fob key charge them a merch fee because imagine if you have 150 people starting they've all paid 200 bucks 30 grand day one that yeah. can cover your entire marketing budget, like your your bond for your lease, right? So, like pre sales are so so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean all hindsight, right? Um, mm. Anyway, we got so, through with none of before, that. Yeah. So you went
0: from you went from eight members, and like what, like what was what was so you opened with eight members? Yeah. Monday comes. What happened Monday?
1: So. A bit of a lull if I'm honest and I think that's something that we all talked about in the network um yeah op- you build to this open day and it's such a big hype and you like you're just buzzing from it and then you get to Monday and you're like oh now I've got to work every day yeah like, the thing yeah. Um, I saw,
0: um a BFT just opened in Newcastle and they celebrated yeah. their first day and there was like five sessions on they were all packed I'm like okay Five more years every day.
1: <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, you, you're just beginning. Um, and I think once you open as well, like pre-open, you've got all this time to do this outreach marketing, you know, building systems, all that kind of stuff. And then you, you've got to do it as well as do the operations. So, um, I mean, when I say we did it, Mark did it. It's
0: a really good point, right? Like once you open the gym you've got less time than you've ever had before for filling the sessions less time to sell and market again why the pre-sale is just it's just so critical so from there like you grew your gym rapidly was it through was it through ads was it through referrals was it through events was it through challenges like how did you how did you grow
1: 100% organic um so it was yeah mark running every session so knew each member intimately I mean there was only eight um, and so just that constant word of mouth referral, he just built and built and built. And as such, like I still would hands down say that Fitstop Redcliffe is the best culture in the network. Um, we obviously do you, think was,
0: do, you think that, do you think that was because Mark was there for the first two years?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and and the area a little bit, it's a really, um, it's kind of like its own little hub in Brisbane, so full yeah. of families, just really like good people i guess um yeah so it just kind of like evolved um we did lots of like crazy things we had not much budget um i remember mark doing a 30-day challenge that um the management had set for him do 30 days of beat for burpees 20 to 30 minutes each time so holding up a sign you know i'll I'll do a burpee if you beat my husband went from like this, like ex-footballer, you know, 110 stocky mm-hmm. guy. So he just like dwindled away um doing this burpee challenge. But we always look back and laugh now and he kind of got a bit of a reputation in the community for doing that. Like he got seen. It was actually really great. So there's always, I guess, the message there is there's always things you can do um, you don't a budget for fancy ads or something like strip it back, find a way to just be seen and be noticed and, um, be in the community. He's also okay. just really good at building relationships, so like local businesses, things like that, and just... Yeah. I think if we
0: go back to the start of the podcast when you and Mark were doing outreach, like this is coming from the paid ads guy. Yeah. Like we can rely on paid ads too much when sometimes yeah. you can pay $10 for a lead name for number, email, or you could just knock on the cafe next door, say, hey, Mr. Cafe owner. So I think like it's not one way to grow a business. It is... 20 ways and it's like, what do you prioritize? What yeah. works best for you? And more importantly, like if Mark isn't in the business every day, what systems can you put in for your staff to make sure those things that were getting done? Because uh, we we have a, a suburb near Cardiff Trim called Warner's Bay. It's a beautiful esplanade, tons of people walk there. It's a great place for outreach. And in my mind, like if outreach was only done in 2010, people were sick of it. Now no one does it in 2023. It could almost be effective again, right? Like, oh, like this, like, like people don't come yes. up and talk to me anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, I think when you when you're opening a gym, it's super important in the early days. Um, and as you get kind of more established and known, and you set your reputation, then like the paid ads and stuff is effective. Like, you know, working with you guys it has been really refreshing to have a new outlook and um, really looking at the business as a whole. Um, going, okay, you've been open for this long. This is what your audience has seen. This is how we make it sexy again.
0: Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll expand on that, Jane, because we learned that the hard way. So yeah. when I was bragging about that location before, what I didn't tell you is that we burned the town. Right. And, and what I mean by that is we went hard, like advertising every single day, every week for years to the exact same audience. If you're doing a seven-day free trial for six months, 12 months, 24 months, people in the area get sick of it. And like mm-hmm. your frequency score in terms of how many times people see ads goes through the roof. And what we've done with you guys is really cool. And we we rotate through different audiences. So if anyone watching, we spend two weeks, women aged 25 to 39, two weeks, women aged 40 to 49, two weeks, men aged 50 to 59. Then we repeat that process on the other side. And that way we're only hitting the audience every 13 weeks. So you can write a seven day free trial, and only a certain percentage of the audience will see it two weeks, two weeks every 13 weeks. So they only see the ads for Fitstop, Redcliffe, Fitstop, North, North Lakes for 8.6 weeks a year. Yeah. So when, they see, ad,
1: really when they see your it's
0: really When they see your ad again, it's like, oh my God, like I forgot this existed. <laughs> Yeah, sure. we can all testify like we're in the area local area and we see the same ad but like please leave me alone
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so yeah. jane I
1: that at there like sums up business in a nutshell right like you guys learned that the hard way oh when um, like- people come into business they want to they want to do everything the best way and they yeah. want to get it right the first time like that's
0: yeah. So regularity. what? I, also what i didn't tell you is that first yeah. location we got to 508 members in 2016 wow. it's a different world different time to own a group gym yes. and in my youth in my arrogance in my ignorance i thought this is never going to end and I was willing to sign a 25-year lease at that point. We didn't luckily, but like that, that location, it just became so unsustainable. Like we had so many members, they couldn't all possibly come and we ended up getting a, a bit of a bad reputation in town. And it was the most valuable lesson I ever learned because the six locations after that, we ran properly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. As long as you learn from the things that happen, um, I think I see them as super valuable and I'm actually super grateful that we came in at number eight. I sometimes get a little bit, like, annoyed, if you will, at these new locations that come in and they complain about, like, the littlest things. And I think, God, if only you, like, had to do the hard yards, you've got it so easy. You're opening with two, 300 members, some of the fit stops.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I may, yeah.
0: I, may, I may offend some people, but I know a lot of franchisees that should not be running a gym. That have a successful gym built off the franchise and built off the brand, and yeah. I, think, I think if they tried to do it as an independent fitness studio, I think like me in 2016, I think their their arrogance and their ignorance of how to run a successful fitness business would really really surprise some people.
1: Yes, absolutely, I agree.
0: So, Jane, you opened North Lakes. What year was that? Uh,
1: 2020. 2020.
0: What time? What month? What month?
1: We opened in July. We were meant to open in March. Oh,
0: so at least you opened. Oh, so did you have like an extra extra long pre-sale then?
1: I guess, if you will, a pre-sale to people who are locked in their homes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had like started the fit out. And keep in mind, like one of our um, like statements were that everyone at Fitstock would be greeted with a high five or a hug. <laughs> yeah. In comes COVID. Goodbye business. Yeah. Um, so that's where I guess, like, you know, whilst community is like this catchphrase at the moment, everyone wants community and everyone says they have it. Um, you still need that base. Like, without we are gyms without fitness, you know, like in a heartbeat, that community was like, hundred percent.
0: No, it's like garbage. Like, like it, it's a combination of you're providing a, a solution of like you're helping them improve yep. their fitness and the community. Yep. Like they join for the fitness, stay for the community. Yes. And at that point in time, like if people were canceling their membership or wanting refunds on their pre-sale, like you can't blame them due to the fact of the amount of press, the yes. amount of fear, the amount of we could be locked down for twelve months was was circling around. I think I shared this with you before, but we actually like this is no word of a lie. <laughs> we opened a gym on March twenty-three, two thousand twenty, and if that date stands out twenty-one it should. It's literally <laughs> The day that we were locked down. And we did a 12-week presale leading to that day. Everything was built around that day. Like me and my trainer Brody were rushing back and forth to Bunnings for weeks. We gotta open on time. We gotta open on time. Pre-selling memberships. 10 PM the night before, Mr. Scott Morrison comes out and says we're locked down. And it just like it it it's it shattered.
1: Yeah, uh, and I mean you I wouldn't have, have had, had, had those relationships yet to save it. No, nah, right? no, nah.
0: and we 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 refunded all those people, and it cost us about a lot of money, Jane. It cost us a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's awful, awesome. well, and I, I feel you pain. Like, oh, yeah, hard.
0: we 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 opened June 13 when we reopened, um, yeah. and we just did the same pre-sale again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
1: Well, we, um, yeah to talk you through our story. So yeah, we were meant to open around March April. So we'd started, um, fit outs by this stage, the fit stop fit out was just another level. Um, yeah, dialed in. Our lease was like hundred K as opposed to 50 at the other one. Um, so it was a huge commitment. Like we were so nervous signing it, but we backed ourselves. We had Redcliffe going well, well staffed. And then, um, yeah, same thing. ScoMo just destroyed hopes and dreams very quickly, um, And I guess a lot of people say to us, gosh, you guys were so brave. Um, No, we were locked in. We had to just back ourselves, take a punt. We we couldn't get out. Um, Yeah, it was terrifying, actually. We had three kids at that stage, um, one under two years old. Um, And FitStop kind of made the move really quickly, Um, very Peter Hull-like, you know, quick thinker, we're going to go on Zoom, and I think eventually everyone else did as well. But I think we were one of the first, and that was where that community piece came back to us like tenfold. All of the effort that we put into our yeah. people—if we had people, so many people—if they were working, they are happy. They're like, "No, no, we'll keep paying."
0: Yeah. Um,
1: we had like an we- online subscription, which was really cheap, but some people paid us full freight.
0: Yeah, if you want to have a laugh, Jane, go on YouTube, search Breakthrough Active, and yes. we ran Zoom workouts and we uploaded them all on YouTube. There's hundreds of workouts on there. And from yes. March 23 to June 13, I think it was, Mitch, I and Brody would go to the gym, yes. we'd film workouts, do Facebook Lives. We actually hosted our annual trivia night on Zoom that year. So
1: okay. we did ev-
0: we did everything possible to keep that community alive. And yes. obviously the pre-sale was tough, but like at other gyms, 99% of our members supported us and the 1% that didn't, like logistically, they, they their income was affected. So oh,
1: well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny,
0: Jane, because people talk about community, but it's a very, very hard word to define and nothing will show off community. Like I will voluntarily, voluntarily pay you for a service that I did not sign up for because I love you guys. I love a part, being a part of this group and we want you to come out the other side.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really beautiful. And people were just, I guess when we did come out of it, people were just so grateful to have that community back. And, um, you know, it, it was their safe space. Like we, you know, obviously implemented heaps of cleaning stuff, did away with the high five or the hug. Um, and, yeah, it, it just did wonders for people. We did multiple lives a day. Um, I think I was the fittest I've ever been. <laughs> So we ended, we started off going out to the gym. We're allowed to go to the gym. And so we'd go out, we'd have all the kids in the car. And then it got to a point where they were like waking up and crying in the car and it was just impossible. So we moved the gym home. People were like, where are you guys? It looks like a commercial space. Where are you? Have you rented somewhere? We're like, no, no, just our lounge room. We had literally had like gym floors on the mat, on the um, gym mats on the floor, bought the clock home, set it all up with the whole Zoom setup. up. And off we went until it was open day. And, yeah, just, again, focused on that community. And it was really genuine. Like every session we'd allow, you know, like five, ten minutes for people to mingle and chat. And it was just beautiful, really, like a real, like, warmer, you know, around humanity just generally.
0: Absolutely. not even, Yeah. yeah genuine, and so. we want to say that all 99% of people are good people with good intentions, with kind yep. hearts. I want the best for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I, um, The COVID thing was interesting, right? And I want to shift gears here before we talk about being a mother is Mitch and I have discussed this at length Mm -hmm. and I don't think gym owners realize the difference between post COVID and pre COVID world and post COVID world. What this means for me, Jane, is when we came out of lockdown in June, 2020, winter wasn't a thing because everyone was so excited to be out and about. And then in 2021, There was lots of talk about, hey, we're going back into lockdown. We're going back into lockdown. Newcastle was back in August 9th. So exercise was this novel, new and exciting thing that got through winter. Even 2022, up until like late January, it was Omicron, right? So COVID was still a thing. So if you're a gym owner and you're having a tough winter and you've just opened a gym, this is the first true winter that you've actually experienced. This is the first true winter that there hasn't been any form of lockdown talk or any form of COVID. So if you're experiencing a tough winter, it's fine. <laughs> like, you will come out of it. But for you yeah. like, we 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 grew in winter every single winter, and quite often we kind of like almost like stabilise winter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys noticed a dip this winter? I mean, I say winter like we're in Queensland. So oh yeah, <laughs> no. If uh, I'm honest.
0: Yeah, no, our gyms are fine. Like, we try and maintain like June, July, August. We yeah. do internal stuff in those months to make sure the retention's really strong. But I think for other gym owners that haven't experienced the winter, I think it's been a bit of a rude shock. As in like compare yeah. the excitement June 13 this year to join a gym compared to June 13 post-lockdown.
1: Yeah, I mean a valuable thing for any gym owner out there would be go and find someone that was in the game before covid yeah. You know, your brains. Like you said before, you know, outreach. No one does it now. Probably work. Um, mm. That community stuff that we used to do, everyone's kind of a bit scared yeah. to bring back. Do it.
0: So how's your trivia night going, Jane?
1: Um, it's not released yet.
0: So. But, oh, I need to get, <laughs> see, my, my secret plan is, Jane, I get Peter Hull on the podcast and yeah. Breakthrough Actives annual trivia night becomes a fit stop annual trivia night. Okay. And think about the amazing impact all 100 sites could have raising money for a cause. So we, yeah. we've literally raised $66,000 in Newcastle for local families in need, um, Dog Rescue Newcastle, and that's little old Jamie and Mitch. So imagine yeah. like a national franchise getting behind well,
1: it. Next stop like, have been doubling in this. I've started doing um, what they call Sweat for a Cause. So we've actually got one on this Saturday. So all Fit Stops. Um, sweat for a cause, and it's mental health, being Mental Health Month this month, mm. teamed up with um, Black Dog Institute. Um, they've got a story of a Fit Stop. Um, he was a member and coach. Um, but I think I think the key there is, Jamie, um, you guys supporting locally. Um, we've done a lot. We had a huge fundraiser for Bushfire. We had a, a big boot camp for a local family who lost their son. Um, yeah. It's, It's that... That connection for people, yeah, um, at 100%. a localised level, yeah. That's, in okay, terms that's, of the
0: FitStop brand and marketing, like like yeah. local area marketing, getting behind a family in the area, getting behind a domestic violence shelter in the area, like you yeah. obviously we want to raise money, but like at the end of the day, we also want to grow our business, and the amount of press that you get is is outrageous. And yeah. I think through like, don't get me wrong, a Saturday boot camp's fun, but like a night out with the members, charge forty per head. Like you can literally get eight to ten grand per gym. Like you could literally raise a like a million dollars in the network, and that would be yeah. such a such a and cool story.
1: Like, you know, human nature is is you tick by doing good things, right? So mm. I think everyone going, "Oh, we collectively have raised this much" is one thing, but when you can go, "Here you go, family, I've raised you sixty six oh,
0: yeah. So we had crazy. our first person. Her name I'm not gonna say her name, but she was a she was a local. She was a local. Her husband yep. had a heart attack. It was, it was terrible, yeah. devastating. And we literally, like, here's your money. Yeah. And the reason why we chose local families in the area is because we we knew that the money was going to be used well. And I'm yep. not saying that I wouldn't raise money for, for a big national charity, but that could go to buying new MacBooks for the company. Don't get me wrong. They need the MacBooks to run the company, but you, do you know what I mean? Like, you can help yep. someone at a local level to pay their mortgage for an entire year, as opposed yep. to potentially helping a big company that just... Obviously, it helps, but you just don't know where it's going.
1: And Yeah, and I mean, if at the end of it all, you know, you, you get out of business, that's something that you can always hold true to you, like yeah. never underestimate the impact that you can have. For um, yeah. us, our most recent was um, uh, his parents weren't in our community, but multiple aunties and uncles. One of his uncles was our, is our staff member um, and a beautiful family, and their son just suddenly got really sick and, and passed away. Um, he was only little and devastating right but the money was one thing but for them yeah. you know his favorite color was purple we ran this like biggest boot camp in the area and had over 150 people there all in purple we got incredible so- video footage and it was just so nice to be able to be like you know what we all care about you guys and yeah. you know we won't forget your son so it was yeah really what, nice and
0: what, what, yeah, what we did we used to have big checks made up like yeah. literally. Like- yeah. Breakthrough Active Check, and it was the amount that we raised. Um, the the person we gave it to, and then we get every single person who was at Trivia their name written onto the check, oh, and it was cool. like it was, it was huge, right? And it was on the yeah. wall, and like it's one of the first things that you'd see when you walk into our gym. So it was really really cool. So yeah, hundred million dollars. <laughs> I challenge FitStop to raise a million dollars for annual Trivia nights. I'll plan it. You can have my questions. Okay. And- like, we, we like just once again, little old Jamie and Mitch, we were getting like free Knights jerseys, like Newcastle Knights yeah. jersey, like with the pool that Fitstop could have. Like, could you get an Andrew Johns jersey? Could you get like, could you get a, a Dane Zorko jersey? Probably, right? Yeah,
1: so, my Mah- husband's Mah- a- very NRL, so he's um, yeah. very, we did really well. We did a big gala event. Yeah,
0: for it's, our- unfa- it's, unfortunate. it's unfortunate about the Penrith Panthers, right?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move right along. Yeah. Did you we'll, watch that game? It was devastating. We've got, we've
0: got 10 minutes remaining and I want to shift into yeah. a completely different yeah. gear, which is being a mother in business. Yes. Something I know nothing about. I'm not a parent. I want to be a parent. Mitch is going to be a parent in four weeks. Marting. How do you, everyone says you have a kid, nothing else matters. Most important thing, you die for them. And for me personally, Breakthrough Active and Fitness Business Consulting, it's our baby, right? So it's the only thing I have to focus on. How do you run two fitness businesses while being the world's best mother?
1: Oh, thanks. Um, look, I think that we very much look at them as our babies still, the gyms. Um, but yes, 100%, your kids always come first. I think my key thing is be organised, be um, I am that by nature. So, you know, meal prep becomes a whole new level. Um, often here on a Sunday, you know, we meal prep not to meet our macros, but meal prep to, to get everyone fed during the week, you know. Like I'll often on a Sunday I'll be like, oh, no worries, just made 80 meals. Um, so, yeah, I guess be organised and um, time block, you know. like So just like you do, I've seen your calendar shared and tips on that. Really, really important when you have a family. Like your kids don't need all of your time, but they do need, you know, just 10 minutes per kid a day to take their lead, to be fully present with them um, and just build that connection. So, yeah, it's possible. I think for Mitch, my word of advice for you is just be ready to step up a bit those first days. I think your first child is your hardest.
0: Yeah, um, we, we, we've had that discussion already and I'm getting, so he's having a baby October 31st. Yeah. I'm getting married November 9, So it's like it'll be right. probably the most challenging two weeks of our business so it's like how do we manage that and how do we how do we plan yeah. and prepare? so I guess what you said before just being really organized planning things in advance but even when that happens since I've known you your daughter broke her arm yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so so you have you have, your, you have your plans laid out and then a child beats a child and breaks her arm like what what does that look like the next day the next seven days the next yeah. 14 days to manage that
1: in, in that moment, right, so we had um, our third child was doing his first ever um, cultural dance, so exciting. He'd, you know, practised for 14 weeks prior. He's only four. You know, was, we're all there to support him and someone comes up saying your daughter's broken her arm. I've also got a baby in the pram who is very just clingy to mum or dad. Couldn't have either. Mark was emceeing the event. I delayed. I flicked him to my auntie and said, here's a screaming baby for the next two hours. I missed my son's performance, felt super guilty about that, felt sick about the broken arm, which was literally like hanging down. Um, eldest daughters at rugby camp, babies crying. It was a hoot. I mm. mean, that's parenting, you've really got to learn to just go with the flow a little bit. Um, but, yeah, then the weeks subsequent, like I had this, this child who was high need again. Um, so yeah, I guess just being prepared, um, staff wise, systemizing your business. Like I know everybody talks about it, but it could not be more important to systemize your business. You want nothing in anybody's head, everything there. So that I just had to be like, I can't today. Here you go over to you guys. Like, you know, plan your own stuff, run your own meeting, keep me updated. Zoom is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, we're a busy parent. I heard,
0: I heard a great line. It was like, it's called the Island Report. So the idea mm-hmm. would be here on the island and you had five minutes to look at your business and you were handed a piece of paper, no internet connection. Yeah. Would you know what was happening that day? Would you know what was done, what wasn't done, and how would you plan for the next day? Yeah. And that is the level of systems that we try and get down to where, like, everything is literally prepared for Mitch and I, and I can open up a spreadsheet, I can look in it, within 30 seconds, I know what needs to change. Yeah, and for, for, for me, like, without having kids, I try and cut down on as much communication as possible. As in, like, have you done that report? Have you sent it through? Where is it? Can you do that? And just, like, when you're building systems, like, it's the only time I ever micromanage people. It's like, hey, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? And I'm yeah. annoying until they do it, right? And awesome. that's where, like, you mentioned the Google Calendar, just literally like set your staff up with a Google calendar, put 10-minute events in their calendar and get them to mark as green, green's task complete, and then go in in and check to see if they've done it. Yeah. And if they have, fantastic. If they haven't, remind them, remind them, remind them. And you remind them enough. They're like, Jane's going to check this. (laughs) Like, I better just do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it's your obligation too as a business owner. You can never be annoyed at a staff member for not doing something.
0: Yeah, it's your fault. It well, it's your fault. unless
1: you have to, like unless they're completely negligent. Like I always take the approach with our staff, if something's not done or not done properly, I look at myself first. They did they understand? Did I teach them enough? Did I circle back? Did I check it? Like that's a huge part of teaching. Like it's human nature. Like why would I do it if they're not going to check it?
0: Yeah. So um, going back to like um, going back to COVID and people are yeah. genuinely good human beings. Generally people do the right yeah. thing. Like yeah. people aren't deliberately making mistakes. It is it is either you haven't c- clearly communicated what the job is or yeah. they don't know how to do it. It's very rarely that they're refusing to do it.
1: Yeah, it's it's always a teaching thing, I think. Um, and, yeah, I think just, just having that all laid out really clear, knowing who's doing what, having what you do down, like you're not invincible, you know, like you might get COVID that week that you were super sick, you know, like... It's, it's, it happens and you've got to be prepared for that. And having a baby is one of those times. So, Mitch, when you watch this, Godspeed, my friend, you will be fine. Um, yeah. Don't take your laptop. Nothing will fall over. It, it will all be okay. And I think having faith in your staff also. We um, really take our staff in like our family, you know, like our Christmas lunch is like this huge staff Christmas lunch at our home, all the kids in the pool, like it's epic um, and we have built it like that for a reason, you know, like when Serafina broke her arm, our staff are just beautiful. Like one, they all check in two. They know shit. We got to pick this up because Jane's under the palm and her priority is her kid. A lot of our staff have kids as well. So they know, and I guess that's a two way street. Like we've built that over years and years with our staff. Like we. we when, brought- you, when you plan those- your
0: week, Jane, like you look at your Google calendar, bring yeah. it up, bring up the week view do you pencil in family events first? Like, do you pencil in pick up kids, school sport, date night, or do you, I guess what I'm saying is, like, do you put personal events in your calendar first and then make the business work around that? Mm,
1: I think we should, but often no. Um, So we actually use Google Sheets in our business. So um, it's like a one document for the team, and Mark and I have one for the management level. Real basic, Um, PTs don't like fancy things so we it works so we stick with it i love google calendar myself but this works Um, and i have a template one which has all those things school pickups morning and nights um you know call drives i can't do call drives Mm. like I, i literally can't at 8 30 i'm dropping kids at school so outsourcing the things i can't do certain business things are in there i know what's flexible i know what's not i actually have colors for things so like my gray is like these are the monday and everyday things they cannot move and school yeah, pick up yeah. them. Um, we try to have um, like Sacred Sunday, I think. I saw something that you put out the other day saying, like, you teach your clients um,
0: oh, how to you One of the biggest things is when you onboard a new client, like, hey, if you message me over the weekend, I will not reply.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I guess that's a, that's a mistake so that, that was made early on, like, Mark could be, like, messaging. I wasn't in FitStop, yeah. Mark. Was so messaging like my,
0: my, 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 I'm getting married in five weeks and I almost didn't get married because I was always on my phone just replying to bullshit work that didn't have to get done and just, like, if business is a to Yeah, like, I, 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 I wanted to help. I wanted to be as accessible as possible. I wanted to provide as much value. But it it is it is a trap because yeah. you can provide just mean-
1: as much an easy trap to fall into when you've got eight members and a lease to service, like it's like you'll do whatever. Um, yeah. and I, I've seen
0: and, and, up you know, in there, and There's different seasons in business where maybe you have to work weekends, maybe you work till 9 p.m. But if you even an established fitness business and an OG yeah. member reaches out Friday night, hey, like, can I change my beat details? It can wait until Monday. Like it just it just can. Yeah. <laughs> and I see. I meet so many Jimonas Jane, so many PTs that are burned out. Like, well, like, what are you actually doing? And yeah. quite often, they're doing nothing. They're just hanging out in Slack, like, or WhatsApp, or iMessage, I or Facebook Messenger, just literally doing like nothing. They're just they're just going back and forth with meaningless work.
1: Yeah. yeah this whole, um, I think, there's often a toxic culture of like, you've got to hustle, 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 hustle. But realistically, it, it doesn't really get you far. I think that you've more got a plan. Um, and execute as people yeah. get lured into the slack, yeah. don't get lured into the Facebook. Yeah.
0: I guess being a busy mum, like like having that structure would give you freedom, right? Like if you structured in family time, if you've structured in those grey events on your calendar, if they get done, then it gives you the freedom to do extracurricular activities, whether that is more personal stuff or more stuff at work. If you yeah. want to do it,
1: yeah, and I guess that's the freedom, right? Like so, owning your own business, you do have the luxury of. You know, we always get to go to the sports carnivals and things like that for kids, which is, it's great. They're really good core memories, but... um, I
0: always joke joke with Ellen, all the mums are going to absolutely love me, Jane, in the school canteen. I'm going to be having a blast with them.
1: Uh, Here's a story for you. So um, Roman was born a year ago. So our daughter had started prep. And when she signed prep, I was like, you know, awesome. I'll sign up for the tuck shop, all the things. And then I got pregnant soon after and was extremely sick, so it was kind of a bit of a stitch up for Mark. I was like, oh, so there's tuck shop duty um, every second week on a Friday and you're now doing it. Um, yeah, it was quite mm-hmm. funny. The reports mm-hmm. from moms like going, oh, your husband's so amazing. I'm like, he's actually just like pushed into doing that. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. It, it's nice. It's nice to be able to do that. It's, it's definitely not easy. Um, yeah. You know, some days where I wish I just had a job that I went to and came home and that was it. But um, I'm
0: sure I'm sure Mark gets his question. Oh, like, what do you do throughout the day? You just like sit around.
1: What yeah, do you do? You know, of <laughs> my parents. My dad's like, oh, so what do you do? Like, so you run classes in the morning. Then what do you do? Nothing. Yeah, say,
0: nothing. oh, not much. Oh you know? yeah, it, mu- it must be nice walking around telling people what to do all day. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, you, just, I mean. so you just do fitness, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Easy. Yeah. Well,
0: anyway. I really, really enjoyed you having you on podcast running us through the fit stop journey, running us through the journey of be- becoming a mum and running a business. Uh, I end every podcast the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's well, one question that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you?
1: Um, which should come first, the children or the gym, as in which order should you do it in?
0: And your answer to that?
1: My answer is probably the gym. Um, we we already had a daughter when we started, but I would always say set yourself up first. Um, having a child is a lot, um, especially your first. Multiple, like people always go, you've got four. Is that hard? No, your first child is hard. Um, and so having everything set up right from that, the beginning of that, to allow yourself to feel that season and experience that season. For us, a couple of our kids were definitely in the juggle, um, in the juggle of COVID, in the juggle of opening businesses. And that was really, really hard. Um, It's only kind of now that I feel at a point where that stuff's on top of and I can um, give myself space to be a mum as well. So It's
0: really, really, really really important. You hear all the time, like they're only zero to four, they're only babies for a couple of years. And if you miss that, it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really troubled childhood. Uh, My parents were very, 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 Poor <laughs> is a yeah. nice way to say it well, and, like,
1: uh, now to not be poor.
0: Yeah. And my whole thing, like, so I've known Ellen for seven years and people always ask, why haven't you had kids? Why haven't you had kids? I'm like, I want to be as financially secure as possible so that I can give that time to my kids so that they never have to worry about any single thing and running a business is stressful. And if you've got to choose your kids braces or to buy a roller for the gym, I would not want to be in that position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, life's all about those hard decisions. And I think for me, my biggest thing is that time, you know, like it's so true that zero to five, they're not a kid. We've now got one that's 13 and like, she's basically an adult. Like I had this moment the other week of like, she's gone. She's yeah. gone. Should we bring um, home a
0: boyfriend soon, Jane? And Mark can sort yeah, them
1: out. Just a whole different level. And and then I look at the other kids and I'm like, they're going to be there in a minute. Um, So it's the time. It's definitely the time. The money is like you can, you can make things work with money, but um, time is the biggest thing. And, and in our industry, it, it is a juggle for many people, split days, all of that kind of jazz. So get on top of that first. Make sure yeah. you've got time for
0: your kids. And this is advice for myself. Just be present. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let that one, one negative interaction with a member or a lead or an ex-member ruin that moment of that date night. And I've lived that life where I've been out with Ellen for dinner and she can see it. It's all over my body language. I'm pissed off about something. Yeah. And like looking back, it was so stupid. Like it was just a meaningless thing that I can barely remember. And I let it ruin that moment.
1: Yeah. You become pretty seasoned to that stuff, don't you? Like I see new business owners having moments over like, their <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like I was like, oh, why is this person cancelling? They don't like me anymore. Yeah.
0: When it comes to cancellations, Jane, I'm dead to the soul. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. yeah. Water off a duck's back.
0: Yeah. Well, Jane, I really want to thank you for coming on. Have a lovely, lovely day, and I've learned tons from you.
1: Thanks, Jamie. All
0: right, bye. bye.